Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I want you to know everything that you could possibly want to know about electric bikes, whether you're still researching, don't have one yet, or if you already have an e-bike. Either way, there's always more to learn. I'm learning new stuff every single day about electric bikes. So today, I want to talk about laws and regulations around e-bikes. This is a common question I get. You know, what class is this bike? What class is this bike? What does that actually mean? Where can I use it? Do I need to register it? It goes on and on. There's a lot of questions and it can be a little bit confusing. So today I want to clear all of this up for you. So welcome back to another episode. I am Kyle Chittock, your host and the owner of Bolton e-bikes. And this is the Bolton e-bikes podcast. Now, I am located in the United States and in California specifically, so I am going to dive into more of the laws regarding California, but I want to talk first about the laws in the U.S., and if you're in another state, then that's perfectly fine. You still want to stay tuned because most states are starting to adopt this kind of class one, class two, class three type of e-bike legislation. So. If you're in another state, there's a good chance they've already done this. And if not, I wouldn't be surprised if one day this becomes the standard across all 50 states. I'd have to check and see how many it is now. I think California was one of the first, if not the first, and most other states are following suit. But like I said, before we get into that federal law, that's what supersedes all of these state laws. So what does the federal government think about electric bikes or what is an electric bike? And according to the federal laws, a electric bike or an electric bike is a low speed vehicle. And the way the law is written, effectively, it's pretty interesting how detailed they get into it. Basically, it says that it's a two or it might say three-wheel device. I know in California it's two or three wheels. I think federal it is two or three wheels as well. Oh, and in federal law, it actually says that has operating pedals. That may not be the exact word, or maybe it's operable, but effectively by federal standards, you are supposed to have pedals that work. So you can't have an e-bike that doesn't have pedals according to federal law. Just want to throw that out there. Some of the states don't specify that, but the federal stuff does. But if it's solely powered by the motor, even though you're supposed to have pedals, and it specifies on flat, paved, level ground that the motor alone can't propel you more than 20 miles an hour, and that is assuming a rider of 170 pounds, and the motor has to be less than 750 watts. And for those wondering where does the 750 watt figure come from that we see all over the place? That's about one horsepower. It's a little bit over. It's about 1.01 horsepower to be exact. But I assume that's where they came up with that number. They just rounded it up just a hair. So a one horsepower electric motor, you can't go more than 20 miles an hour. You have to have pedals. And that is assuming a certain rider weight. So I guess based on federal law, that means if you're lighter, you can go faster. <laughs> that's, that's the way it's written. It's a little bit weird, but that's it. Now, that, like I said, supersedes all the state laws, so we have to go with that first. 
So there's some restrictions set there that no matter what you want to do, you just just can't get around. Now, one of the important things aside from the restrictions is something that I think is a good thing. And that is basically it states that anything that falls within that category and it follows those rules is not a motor vehicle. So that means the local states can't force you to register your bicycle like a motor vehicle because if it's less than 20 miles an hour and 750 watts, then it doesn't count. So that's the great thing. They are a bicycle and they can follow bicycle laws for the most part. Now, if we get into the state laws, things can be a little bit sporadic. California, we have three classes of electric bikes and some states, Alaska was one that I mentioned in the YouTube video I put out on a similar subject. They don't, to my knowledge, have any regulations at all. That could be good or bad. I mean, good could be you can kind of just make whatever sort of e-bike you want and ride it. Bad could be if it doesn't follow the federal laws, then I suppose, I don't know, maybe you get a ticket for operating a unregistered motor vehicle. I'm not sure. I've never heard of that happening to anyone in the US. I have heard of people over in Europe and the UK getting pulled over and ticketed for riding things that are too fast, but they only have a 250 watt limit. So there it's a completely different thing in my mind because at 250 watts and it's like 15 miles an hour is the limit. You can't go very fast with an e-bike at all. That's a very different uh, type of rules. I am thankful (laughs) for once that the laws in California are better than somewhere else, although just that one. But let's get into the classes. What do those mean? Because I know this is confusing. It's a common question. Class one is an electric bike that has to be pedaled. Basically, the way it's written, the motor is not allowed to turn unless you are pedaling. And once you hit 20 miles an hour, the motor is not allowed to help you anymore. So effectively, a class one is limited to 20 miles per hour, and you have to be pedaling, which means you can't have a throttle. Now, I had some people comment on the YouTube video saying, well, there's nothing in the law that says you can't have a throttle. And technically, yeah, that's true. It doesn't say that, but it does say you have to be pedaling. So I guess if you have a throttle, it will only work when you're pedaling because it says it has to be solely propel. I don't know. The way it's worded is confusing. So effectively, yeah, you could have a throttle, but you got to be moving your legs. So at that point, why bother even having one because the pedal assist can do that. So I suppose you could kind of have one, but it doesn't really do anything. So I don't really see the point. So class one, once again, less than 20 miles an hour, and you have to pedal for the motor to kick on. And a class one bike in California, there is a helmet law, but it says that if you're 17 and under, it's required. If you're 18 and older, then you are not required by law to wear a helmet. Of course, if you're going to go for a bike ride, you should wear a helmet. That's the smart thing to do, but it's not required by law. Now, where can you ride a class one electric bike? Can you just go on any bike path or bike trail? Well, sort of, yeah. Uh, Effectively, the way things are written, by default, 
a class one bike can be ridden on local bike paths, trails, anywhere a bicycle is allowed. However, local municipalities, so your county, your city, they are free to restrict the use of e-bikes more than that if they choose to do so in certain areas. So if there's no signs that say no e-bikes, then you are allowed to ride your class one bike in California on any standard bicycle trail because they're allowed by default. Now, when it comes to motor wattage, this is kind of a goofy one. You'll see most bikes have a sticker and they're supposed to have a sticker. That is also a law in California that the sticker is supposed to be on there that says what class the bike is, how many watts and the maximum speed that the motor can go. And I find it a little funny that the wattage is required only because 750 watts or less is the way it's written. So it doesn't really matter if it's 250 watt, 500 watt. You can have a class one 750 watt bike and it doesn't matter if it's anywhere between there, just 750 watts or less. But the way the law is written, the sticker on the bike is supposed to say those things. And it also says what font that's supposed to be in, and it's at least a certain size font too. Now, if your bike doesn't have one of those, don't worry. That's the whole reason I put stickers on my website at boltonebikes.com because it also states that if you are to modify your bike in any way, so if you modify your class one bike to be more powerful or faster or have a throttle or something that equates to another class, you are supposed to change the label accordingly. So there's nothing illegal about modifying the bike to change it to a different class. That's perfectly acceptable, but you are supposed to change the label so it matches however the bike is set up. So just to recap, class one, the lowest of the classes of the electric bikes is pedal assist only, shouldn't have a throttle, max speed 20 miles an hour. Helmet is required by law under 17, but I always recommend it. And by default, you can ride on any bike paths or trails unless a local government dictates otherwise. So I hope that helps understand what a class one bike is. And none of these e-bike classes require any sort of registration, license plates, insurance, nothing like that. They are bicycles. They are not motor vehicles. So the easiest class to explain from here is a class two. And there is very, very, very little difference between a class one and a class two. Effectively, everything I've just said applies except for one thing. And that is a class two is not required to be solely operable by pedaling, meaning you can have a throttle or a button or a cruise control or something to where you can get that motor to run even if you're not pedaling but everything else is the same. So effectively, class one and class two, the only difference on paper is the ability to have a throttle. Where they can be written, the wattage labels, everything else is the same. So not much of a difference there. That's why I find it a little weird that sometimes, I haven't seen very many, but I've seen some photos online of trails that are trying to restrict the classes of e-bikes and they'll say class one only. And it's kind of like, why? The bikes are going the same speeds. They have the same speed limits. They have the same amount of power. What difference does it make if one person is moving their legs and the other person isn't? 
but that's the way it is. So that's the difference between a class one and a class two. Now, if we jump up to class three, things change a little bit. This is interesting because I think this is just somewhat speculation, but I think the reason class three was created is like you have class one and two with a 20 mile an hour limit. And then the next thing up that you can get power and speed wise, that's not an electric bike that already exists is a moped. And we'll come back to those in a little bit. And a moped can go 30 miles an hour. So you got 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour. And the 20 miles an hour, does it really make sense? Because people that are in good shape and good cyclists can ride more than 20 miles an hour without a motor. So it seems a little silly. But a class three bike, you get to have more speed. You don't get more power. You're still limited to less than 750 watts, but you get a new speed limit of 28 miles per hour. And some of you might be thinking, well, how is that possible? Because the federal law says 20 miles an hour. Well, the federal law says 20 miles an hour solely propelled by the motor. So you can't have anything that goes more than 20 on motor power alone. However, if you add your own pedaling power, then you can go over 20 miles an hour. So that's how that small loophole, if you will, works. So in California, you can ride a class three bike. If you're pedaling, you can go 28 miles an hour. Now, the way the law is written in California, in my mind, it seems pretty cut and dry. It is like a class one where it says it must be solely operated by the pedals. So that to me says you shouldn't have a throttle because you have to be pedaling for the bike to run. Now, I've seen multiple bikes, juiced bikes, the the Revy bikes, Cheetah, and if they want to do it this way, that's fine. I don't really see a big deal with it. But it is kind of a weird thing where the bike, so the way they're programmed, don't really match up to the way the laws are written. Uh, I'll see bikes that have a 28 mile an hour top speed. They're labeled as a class three, but they have a throttle, which works if you're not pedaling up to 20 miles an hour. Now that alone would be okay because then it would just be a class two. And then, but the way they work is if you start pedaling, then the bike will allow you to use the motor up to 28 miles an hour. So it's kind of this weird hybrid between a class two and a class three that shouldn't exist, but it does. Now I'm just thinking of this just off the top of my head because I just love little loopholes. The law does say that if you modify your bike, you have to change the sticker. So I suppose what we could do, it's like one of those fancy uh, license plates that flips around from you know TV shows where you see people trying to get away from the cops. We need a sticker that says class two and then as soon as you hit 20 miles an hour, the sticker flips over and changes to a class three, and then you can pedal from there. I guess by law, that would technically be legal on all accounts. So, And uh, I suppose if you remove the throttle, we make it disappear into the handlebars or something, then the sticker should flip over to a class one. Now you can ride it on any trail you want and go however fast you want, wherever you are. Who knows? That'd be a cool, crazy project in the future. Maybe that's something for the Bolton Labs community to think about and work on. So class three, you can go a little faster and you're not supposed to have a throttle, but some do. Now, what about the other laws? What about trails? I said class one and two 
are allowed by default on all bike paths, all bike trails, anywhere you can ride a bicycle unless there's a sign saying otherwise you can ride there. Class three is the opposite. By default, it's supposed to be banned on local trails. So if you've got a class three bike and there's a local bike path, unless it says all e-bikes allowed or class three allowed, technically it's not allowed, which is a little weird, like you said, but I guess if you're going 28 and everybody else can only go 20, hey, you can go faster. You know, that makes sense. But just remember that it's not supposed to be allowed on trails unless there's a sign stating otherwise. Now, of course, on the road, a bicycle is legal. That's where you can ride a class three bike just about anywhere. That's perfectly fine. That's legal. Now, I also want to say in regards to all this class stuff, if this sounds a little bit confusing, guess what? It's confusing to your local law enforcement and everybody else too. I don't think most people are paying any attention to it. I personally have not heard of anyone having a problem from having the wrong class of e-bike or different things. I've heard of some stories here and there in Southern California from you know e-bikes not being allowed on bicycle trails and, and different things. And there's been some fights back and forth and most of them have been resolved. But for the most part, most people are just going to get out on the bike, ride it where they want and just use common sense. And I think everybody's going to be just fine. But I want you guys to know that these are out there. They do exist. And that way you're not surprised if you buy a certain bike and some time down the road in the future in a few years, if your favorite local trail has a sign put on it that's conflicting with what you thought. So I just want to make sure you have the information. So class three, a little bit more speed. Helmet law is also something that's different. A helmet in California is a required item by law. As always, wear a helmet, just be smart (laughs) about things. But basically, class one, you can hopefully ride anywhere unless it's restricted. Same with class two, 20 mile an hour speed limits on both of those. The only difference is class two can have a throttle that can work, run the motor, even if you're not pedaling. Jump up to a class three, you can't have a throttle again, but you can go a little faster not supposed to go on the same trails unless it says you can, and a helmet is required. Now, like I said, the wattage doesn't change, and that's because that's part of the federal law. It has to be 750 watts. Technically, it says less than 750 watts. So right around that one horsepower mark is where everything is at. Now, is a bike legal if the motor is rated for you know, a thousand watts and you have it turned down slightly. The law doesn't specify anything more than less than 750 watts. It's pretty vague. It doesn't say that's your peak output at a brief burst. It doesn't say that that's the continuous rating of the motor. Nobody gets more specific than that, at least at this point in time. So personally, I would, if you got a bike that's more powerful, I'd limit it to one of those speed limits, have the appropriate label, and I think you're going to be just fine. Now, what if you want your bike to go faster than 28 miles an hour? Well, if you're on private property or something, then go for it. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want on your your own property and crank it up to 35, like we know most of these 1,000-watt motors can actually do. Uh, But what if you want to make it road legal beyond that and you want more power than that? Can you register it as a a motorcycle or a moped or something like that? Uh, not, not really, to be honest. The, a motorcycle is a totally different thing because like I said, 
Bicycles are not a motor vehicle. A motorcycle is most definitely a motor vehicle. It requires plates and registration and insurance. You got to have DOT approved tires. That's the Department of Transportation. Turn signals, headlights, taillights, brake lights, a horn. Basically, all these things are put in place for everybody's safety. So vehicles that are traveling at high rates of speed aren't uh, just these crazy contraptions on the road. There's a few, I'm sure. Uh, I would love to drive some of those. But that's beside the point. The point is, if you want to go faster than that, then there is no no legal way to register an e-bike as a motorcycle because it needs a 17-digit VIN number and all these other requirements. I've looked into the laws trying to figure out how we could possibly make it happen. And and it's so difficult and complicated and different from state to state that I would just say, in most cases, it's just not going to happen. Now, a moped, on the other hand, is a little bit different. It's, in California, not really a motor vehicle. And I had a little trouble trying to find the distinction between what is a motor vehicle and what isn't. But what I found is on the DMV's website, the Department of Motor Vehicles, I was looking at the requirements to sell certain types of vehicles. Because if you sell motorcycles, whether they're on-road or off-road, if you sell off-highway vehicles, an OHV, like quads and ATVs, you need a special type of license to sell those types of vehicles. So I wanted to know if I was to sell something that was a bit more powerful than an e-bike and falls into a moped category, would I need that type of license? And the answer is no. Mopeds are specifically exempt from having that, and they are not a motor vehicle, and they are not registered as a motor vehicle. Technically, there is a quote-unquote registration, but it's not a standard motor vehicle plate. It is what they call a special plate, and it's a one-time fee. It's like $22. You mail in a one-page form with some information and your address on it, and hopefully several weeks later, the DMV mails you back a plate. And that's how you register a moped. Now, what do I mean when I say moped? What is this? Most people are probably thinking of this like noisy gas contraption that looks like a little scooter and it has pedals on it. That would be correct. That's what some of them used to look like. And some of them probably still do. In California, if it's gas powered, which we don't like around here, but <laughs> just for a moment, they're noisy. I mean, I don't mind uh, certain high-performance gas cars. I think they're cool. I love cars and airplanes and all sorts of things. But I do prefer electric when I can. So for a moped, if it's gas, it has to have working pedals. I find that kind of interesting because if it's electric, then pedals are not required. I don't know who slipped that into the law or what the reasoning was behind it, honestly. I have no idea. If somebody knows, please let me know. But mopeds that are gas-powered still have to have working pedals. You don't have to use them, but they have to be there. If it's electrically powered, they are not required. A moped can go 30 miles per hour. I did mention that earlier. And you can have a bit more power. That's the fun part. Instead of 750 watts, you can have up to 4 horsepower which is about, it's just under 3,000 watts. 
So we're talking some pretty serious power. So you can have some decent acceleration from zero to 30 because 30 miles an hour is the speed limit. Now it's not a hard speed limit at 30. It is, to my recollection, kind of the same as the federal e-bike low speed laws, where in California, it's something like 30 miles per hour on flat ground. So technically you could go faster if it's a slight downslope, you could have enough power to do that. And I guess if it's an uphill and you still have enough power to get 30, that's okay. Again, it's a little bit vague here, but a moped, you can have some more power. There's a one-time registration fee. You can ride a moped in along the side of the road, like in bicycle lanes. So it's a little bit different where you can use it, but you can't go on like the dedicated bike trails and things that are not on the roadways. The mopeds are not supposed to go on certain places like that, like places that have a class one, class two, class three allowed. All of those are okay. Moped not supposed to go there. So that's a different type of vehicle. But a moped could be a ton of fun, especially if electric, because you can take it to the store, you can ride it down the road, you can you know have all your turn signals and lights and everything that are required for a moped but it gives you some of the same sense of freedom and getting outdoors like a bicycle, but in a more powerful way. So if you want to go further, you want to haul more stuff, like I said, go into the grocery store, the hardware store, then it can be a really fun option as well. There are a couple of other requirements that are a little bit of a bummer, I think, especially considering the 30 mile an hour speed limit. And that is the fact that a license is required And I don't think most people realize this, but last I checked, it says that you even need to have a motorcycle license. I would be very surprised if anyone ever cracks down on that, but that's my understanding. You are supposed to have a motorcycle license and a motorcycle helmet. It's funny that this is in the law and I've been thinking about this because maybe three weeks ago I was going around downtown Grass Valley. I saw someone on a a scooter I don't know if it was legally registered as a motorcycle, but I'm going to guess it was registered as a moped. And it was hilarious because the guy was wearing a standard bicycle helmet. And I knew that wasn't the legal type of helmet, but hey, at least he was wearing a helmet. Definitely, if you're not wearing a helmet on a moped because it has that plate on the back in California, definitely I would think you're going to get a ticket by somebody if they see you. Uh, A bicycle helmet, maybe you'd get away with, maybe the officer wouldn't know that that certain type of helmet is required, but always do the right thing. Wear the right type of gear. If you're on something that powerful, that can go 30 miles an hour. A motorcycle helmet is a pretty good idea. Apparently, if you're going two miles slower, then you just need a bicycle helmet on a class three, but (laughs) whatever that is, use the right helmet for however fast you're going to go. Remember that any of these can go faster downhill than what they're rated at, but always, always obey the local speed limit laws. Never want to break the speed limit because I definitely have seen people get tickets for that. Thankfully, I am not one of them. (laughs) So going back to this, I hope this makes a little bit more sense. You know what a class one is. You know where you can ride it. Same with a class two and a class three. If you live in a state where you don't have these somewhat clear regulations. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. And I hope that they are not 
more restrictive than this the way they currently are. I think most places it's just more vague and people don't really know what is allowed. And as much as I would love to go into the details of every single state and figure that out, that is a a bigger project. And who knows, maybe we'll work on that and get it on our website or something at some point down the road. But don't look for that anytime in the near future. It's not going to happen. But right now, I can at least give you this information. This is what I do know. I hope this helps you decide what type of e-bike is right for you. And I also hope that it helps you realize that you don't necessarily need to search for a certain class of e-bike. You can always buy one and with some slight modifications, change it to another class if you want to. That's usually something that's fairly easy to do. Now, before I let you go on this podcast, I just want to mention, I talked about it last week, Bolton Labs. That's our new membership community on YouTube. Thank you to everyone that has joined. I promised that I would make it worth your while if you did. And the first thing I've done, I'm just going to let everybody else know. So you know that it's not just a program where you pay into it and you don't get anything out of it. I want you to get more value out of it than you put in. So this week, I wanted to send out a thank you to everyone that's joined. And for the foreseeable future, I'm going to keep this in the group. But for everyone that has joined the group on YouTube, the membership, basically I decided I'm going to create a special Bolton Labs t-shirt and make that available for free. So if you join Bolton Labs, that is our new community. It's a membership program exclusively on YouTube. It's not anywhere else. That's where you get access to new videos that other people don't get to see and basically more behind the scenes experimentation and involvement as far as what's going on next. But if you join that membership on YouTube, you will find when you join a code and a link to get that Bolton Labs t-shirt absolutely free. And I hope that helps to offset some of the cost uh, first joining. And there's going to be more perks like that as time goes on. But I wanted to get that one out there right now so people can proudly wear their Bolton Labs t-shirt. And hopefully people on the street will ask them, hey, what's that about? And they can tell them about all of the cool, awesome things that we're building here at Bolton eBikes and awesome things that you guys are helping me to build because you are helping me even if you are just listening and not doing anything else. I promise you that helps. Thanks again for listening. If you're new here, make sure to check out boltonebikes.com. If you need an e-bike, we have a pretty good selection of electric bikes. We're always expanding the models, making changes, making upgrades. Every time I make a new batch of bikes, we try and see what can we do to make them better than the previous ones. So if you're looking for a bike that is better than what it was before, it's always going to be at Bolton eBikes because they're always better than the last version, I promise. And if you're new to the podcast, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com. You can sign up for our newsletter where you get emails on a regular basis stating what's going on, where's production at. That's a big thing right now with all of the delays in China. So I just want everybody to be aware of what's going on and keep you in formed. Thanks again. And I hope I can talk to you again next Tuesday. Tuesday.